Like, I just, I just want to say, hey, dude, maybe, maybe chill and check yourself. Because if you're cutting people out of your life because you can't handle the disagreement, you might be toxic. You're toxic, I'm slipping under. Um, what? I'm so glad I have that recorded. <laughs> Welcome to the Barely Saved Podcast, where we have the discussions real Christians don't have. Here's your hosts. Hi, I'm Rebecca. I'm pissed off. I'm Caleb. I'm salty. Uh, did you go to the beach, the ocean, something like that? Is that like you got out of the ocean water? Is that what's going on? I went to Facebook. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I can't help you with that one. That's a different kind of salty. I was going to say maybe a shower would help, but you know what? No, I still... That advice maybe is good. Maybe a hot shower. That would help. I already took a hot shower today. Well, but you're salty again. So, you know, maybe wash some of that off. No. I like how just this just a resolute no. Like, nope. She wants to live in the saltiness is what I'm hearing. These headphones are really quiet. Um, like hearing you guys. Like my volume is all the way up on my computer. Is your volume all the way up on Zoom, though? I don't know. Go to your little Zoom settings. Go to the audio button and check to see what your speaker volume is. Output volume is at the very top. Well, then I don't know what to do. Um, it might be because I only have one headphone in, but... You could wiggle it. Oh, it's it's definitely that the left AirPod, um, it's, they're attached. Um, they're corded ones. The, the, right, the, the, uh, the right one is louder than the left. And so I just had the left in. So she has defective headphones is what we have found out. Well, we already know that on multiple levels. All of your headphones are defective. Your face is defective. I think it achieves exactly what it's looking for. Disgust. <laughs> so there. Highlight them apples. I mean, it, it has his hole for eating and his holes for breathing um, and his holes for seeing out of. Uh, although maybe also his holes for seeing out of are defective because he does wear glasses. So, you know what? I'm going to say you're right. His face is defective. My holes are effectively defective, but my face isn't. So it's been two weeks since we talked on Zoom. Well, not with Matt. I've talked with Matt yesterday. But what's happened? Anything? Anything exciting? Um, I have gone on a rampage with our school district because they were going to not require masks. No, no, no. They were going to require masks, but not enforce them which is code for you don't have to mask. Yeah. And so I sent a, a firm email, a firm but kind email to the superintendent and um, the school board and those things. And apparently our state has come down on them like a rain god on a paper napkin. And so they will either comply or lose funding but i'm sure our teachers would love not being paid i mean that's what they're there for right Mm -hmm. right i mean isn't that why you go into education is to be underpaid for the amount of work you do absolutely it's like ministry yeah so that's how i did nothing's happened here my life's been boring i've worked some extra blew some pine needles around the yard today now i need to go pick up all of my piles which is the worst I would much rather have leaves that come down in fall than pine needles that come down during the heat of summer. You say that, but man, the leaves are intense. 
I mean, I get that, Matt, but like when you have leaves, they all come down. You just sort of let them collect and then you got to rake it up. But pine needles come down while the grass is still growing. So you've got to clear it out so that you can mow a bunch of times. We also don't generally uh, with the with the pine, my my leaves. Sorry, I I only rake them a little bit. That's why I don't have trees. Because it does the ground. It does the ground good to have leaves on it. I'm going to get leaves from my mom and put them in my garden for the winter. I haven't finished my lunch. I can't taste Hershey Kisses while I'm eating garlic fettuccine and shrimp. I mean, you could. That's a good point. Maybe we accept that we do the animal story and then we do the next segment and we do the Hershey's Kisses in the next segment. You do, you guys read my article and... A Royal Marine rescued animals from Afghanistan in a mission dubbed Operation Ark. His staff was left behind. Okay, I'm sorry. He put them in a boat? <laughs> I can't read this article. Why can't you? It's the WAPO. I don't, I don't sign into WAPO. I don't subscribe to WAPO. Uh, open a private browser. And th- there's the same story on The Guardian. You just Google it. I, I just want that. Copy and paste the link into incognito mode. You make it sound real easy. And I'm just I'm just sad right now. Why are you sad, Matt? Because people are stupid. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm just trying to figure out here what's going on. So this guy wanted to get his charity's staff out of out of Afghanistan and the dozens of dogs and cats he vowed to rescue, apparently. And so but so he got, it sounds like he got the animals out, but he left the actual humans behind. He he tweeted to the Taliban <laughs> so that they could get out, apparently. The Taliban's on Twitter? Yeah. You didn't hear that? The Taliban's on Twitter, but Trump's not. That says a lot about a lot. Yeah. Uh, Taliban has a spokesman uh, on Twitter. Wow. Um, and so they tweeted... Dear sir, my team and my animals are stuck at the airport. We have a flight waiting. Can you please facilitate safe passage for our convoy? I mean, they're dogs and cats. And staff. Like, dogs and cats are like the story of this. But there's like people involved that are British people trying to get out. Are they British people? Uh, it seems to be. It's a British guy, and it's his staff that he wants to get out. Right, but I don't think his staff is British. <sighs> I don't know. It doesn't say. The high-profile evacuation that unfolded on social media left farthing clashing with senior UK officials. I mean, of course they're mad with you. There's this whole thing going on in Kabul, and you're worried about getting out of the country with your animals. Like, I'd be pretty pissed if I was then, too. I mean, yeah... Listen, we cannot put dogs on a plane if we still got to get people out. Like, I love dogs as much as the next person, but... Yeah, yeah, it's it's like the British Defense Secretary refused to airlift animals on the Royal Air Force's aircraft while there's still people. Yeah, I'm going to say that's the right call. It is. It hurts my animal-loving heart because sometimes, often... I mean, it's, here's the thing. It's not like animals can't be left in Afghanistan and be taken care of. I'm aware. This is a real shit-written story, too. Uh, agreed. Um, the, the, art, the, the most recent article that came out in our, in our newspaper talking about the school board thing still can't use lose right. Like losing funding. They're going to lose funding. Woo! It's going to be all over the place. Right. Like, it's just going to be loose. 
I, I do want to lose funding, so. Losing funding would be great. So he had a privately chartered flight. I mean, here's the thing. If it's a private chartered flight, it's his own thing, I guess. Like, Okay, so so let's lay out the line here. So they said, we're not going to airlift your animals via RAF aircraft. Right. Because that makes sense. So he got a private chartered flight instead. Which, I mean, I guess if he did that, like, go for it. Right. So he was able to get out with his animals, but on the privately chartered flight, he wasn't able to get the people out. No, I think the people are Afghanistan or Afghanis. And they didn't have proper. Maybe. They couldn't get them out. Right. They couldn't, like, take them on the chartered flight. That's entirely possible. You'll notice here's the thing if they were British nationals as the staff, the article would have said it and he would have made it a bigger point. That's true. So I'm not saying that the Afghanis are not worthy of getting out. Absolutely they are. But he made a, a, a specific calculus to get the people out, or to get the animals out, not the people. Right, to me, is wild. Like, we're going to charter a plane to get dogs and cats out of the country. As if dogs and cats can't be taken care of under Taliban rule. That's just wild to me. I mean, my pre-Jesus self would probably understand it more. Uh, so that's when farthing. So after all that, there's a whole bunch of stuff, right? Uh, they didn't get the Taliban guards would not let that guy's Afghan staff members enter the airport, even though they had papers permitting them to come to Britain. Oh. So they had papers, but the Taliban wouldn't let them through, which tells you that it's they're almost absolutely. Afghanis. Yeah, that they would not allow. So so isn't that he intentionally left his staff behind? It's that he had a chartered plane on the tarmac. They were trying to get there and the Taliban wouldn't let his uh, his people out. Well, that was a happy story. Let's let's taste some kisses. The, the dogs did escape, apparently. I just am confused by why that was the priority. But here's the thing from what it sounds like. It doesn't doesn't sound like it was a priority now. It was that he couldn't he couldn't take the staff because the Taliban wouldn't let the people go. Yeah, I think the people were the priority and he had the chartered plane because of the animals. Like, you know how this plays? You you play on people's heartstrings. The heartstrings are the animals. You get the plane for the animals, but the people get to come. Yeah. And he had everything laid out and they didn't get to come because of the Taliban. That makes a lot more sense. The story does not come across that way, which is why it's a poorly written story. Right. Because it says... His staff was left behind. Like, that's super ambiguous. And I think the lead is even bad, too. Yeah, it's a bad, it's a poorly written story. Come on, Gina, get it together. I mean, why are you, why are you mad at Gina? This made it through probably multiple editors. Yeah, but you got to write it better. Maybe she did. Maybe they edited it in such a way to make it worse. All right. I'm ready for the, the kisses. Y'all can kiss me all you want. Uh, I'm going to pass on that one, Matt. So Me too. You're too much beard. Rebecca specifically called me a female sheep when I said that earlier. So on March 2nd, we released a podcast episode where we talked about strawberry ice cream Hershey's kisses. Oh, it smells terrible. Doesn't it, though? <laughs> that was my first thought. They smell like crap. Okay, so podcast listener who can't see us smell these things. Rebecca has a mixed bag of strawberry, cookies and cream, milk, and dark chocolate. Now, I have 
I literally just opened a fresh pack of strawberry ice cream cone kisses. It smells. It, it It's not an appetizing smell. It's definitely the strawberry ice cream smell on this that is like, oh. Yeah, they definitely smell like strawberry ice cream, but not in a good way. But like rotten strawberry ice cream, <laughs> like fermented. It's so artificial. Okay. I also have birthday cake kisses. Are you birthday cake kisses? Oh. Let me tell you something. These smell like birthday cake. These smell delicious, but it smells like real birthday cake. I have to say the birthday cake cake pops at Starbucks. They're fire. Are so good. I really wish I'd never tried one because now every time I go, I'm like, do you guys have any cake pops? So Matt only has those two flavors. Uh, I didn't get Rebecca any birthday cake flavored ones. Oh, I didn't know what flavor Matt had. Can you see it? Yeah, uh, we can. Why are you giving me that finger? I think she was giving it to me because I didn't get her birthday cake flavor. Are you guys ready? What am I tasting? Strawberry ice. We're all going to do strawberry ice cream cone at the same time for some reason. It's the pink one. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Why did you give me most of those? What I did, so I had this variety pack of the other three flavors, and I threw a handful of this package and a handful of strawberry ice cream cone. So the proportion will be an equal amount of strawberry ice cream cone as all of the other ones. Yeah, thank you for that. You're welcome. You, you, if you would have bought them on your own, you would have had even more strawberry ice cream cone. I looked. They didn't have them. Uh-huh. I brought you almond roca. I don't want to hear it. Okay. Ready? Whatever. You did, and it wasn't that good, but it's fine. All right. One, two, three. Okay, you know what that tastes like? Not good. You know those uh, strawberry cream hard candies? Yes. No. But slightly chewy. What's in the middle? Like, there's not... It's the ice cream cone. That's not... It doesn't taste like cone. Like, it's just like wafer. It doesn't. It's supposed... It just kind of feels like it. <laughs> there's no flavor to whatever that is. Matt, you say that it's like these candies. Hold on. I have some right here. I'm confused. You say that it's like these little guys, but I, I can promise you. No, no, no. You're not those. Not those. Not these Not these strawberry ones? Okay. I was going to say, it's like the... No, there's a strawberry cream one. That's what I was thinking. As I say, it's like, it is definitely not like these. No, I'll see if I can find them at some point. So the strawberry ice cream cone Hershey's Kisses do taste vaguely like strawberry ice cream. No, they don't. Strawberry ice cream is much better. I said vaguely. I, I'm going to go ahead. So here, I'd like to, uh, if I may, uh, go ahead and rate this on a, uh, a graded scale. A five point scale? No, no. We're going to do it. We're going to do this like, like they're in high school. These kisses are in high school and I have to give them a grade. I don't want to grade my high school kisses. I would I would like to say that <laughs> I would give strawberry ice cream a solid C. It's an average student. No. No. These get a D. Oh, so strawberry ice cream itself is a C. Strawberry ice cream gets a C. It's an average student. These get a D. They're below average. I see what you mean. They've got a good crunch to them. Like that crunch inside of there is like the cookies and cream crunch. <laughs> Which is exactly what you're looking for in Hershey's Kisses. A good crunch. That is so not <laughs> what I'm looking for. No, I like the crunch in there. Like it's good. It makes it interesting. Kisses should not be crunchy. That's like braces. They've got a good mouthfeel. Um, especially for a white chocolate. They did good on the white chocolate mix there. Well, they did until they put the strawberry in it. <laughs> 
I would have preferred it without the strawberry, like just the white chocolate. The flavor is just not good. Like if strawberry ice cream is mediocre at best, strawberry Hershey's Kisses are bad. And the thing is, it's not as if I, I'm, I'm going to eat the bag. Let's just be honest. Right. I will eat all the rest of them that I have. Nope. So it's not an F. Or maybe feed them to the dogs. Like, they're not, there's no chocolate in them. There's like the dark chocolate. There's none of the bad parts of chocolate. So they might become dog treats for me. Nope. I will not eat them. You can feed them to your daughter. She will eat them and love them. Probably both of them would, but I will not. Well, I wouldn't feed them to. I would only feed them, or I wouldn't feed them to Minerva. Fuck, I did it too. I would only feed them to the other one. Uh, are you going to feed them to Nate? Maybe if he wants them. Listen, I need you. To, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go home and act like they're the best things that you ever had. <laughs> Just like, really? Really? So like, good. Tell them that me and Caleb thought they were really good. Tell them that we think that they're better than strawberry ice cream. Yeah, better than strawberry ice cream. And then maybe record his reaction. <laughs> if I can do that with a straight face, I will. I will try. I will try really hard. And I'll have to do it before. Yeah, before Thursday. Before the episode comes out, because then they're they're shockingly good, I think, is the language that we can use. They're shockingly good. Because I was shocked at like the goodness. Oh, you're going to have trouble with this. <laughs> you might have to text him the uh, the thing so that you can't laugh while you're texting him. And just be like, babe, these were really good. Way better than strawberry ice cream. What else do we have in here? Cookies and cream is the blue one. If you've never had cookies and cream Hershey's Kisses. They also have a satisfying crunch. They do, but they actually taste, from my recollection, they actually do taste like an Oreo. Like the, the, the crunch actually tastes like something, not just like crunchy cardboard in bad strawberries. No, I think the crunch in the strawberry ice cream one had taste. It just had that artificial strawberry ice cream that was like overly powerful. It's almost like the strawberry ice cream cone flavored ones. Is like, you know, the really bad strawberry ice cream that you find inside of Neapolitan ice cream sometimes? It's like, that's the strawberry ice cream they used. They didn't use a good strawberry ice cream flavor. They used the worst strawberry ice cream flavor they could find. Yeah. How are the how is the cookies and cream? It also has a... It tastes like an Oreo. Um, it tastes like not a good Oreo. See, I think you're coming at it wrong thinking like an Oreo. Well, no, if he's saying it tastes like an Oreo, it tastes, like, it tastes fine, but it doesn't taste like an Oreo. That's what I'm... Okay, I'm with you. I love I love the cookies and cream. I mean, I, I disagree. It tastes like an Oreo with like 90% filling. Maybe it's, it tastes like an off-brand Oreo. No, the filling's too different. It's not the same filling. Yeah, there, there's a different taste because this is a chocolate filling, whereas the Oreo is a cream filling. Like, this is a white chocolate. Yeah, and why, there's no chocolate in the filling of an Oreo. If the Oreo was mostly the filling with like little bits of chocolate in there. No, because the, the white chocolate doesn't taste like Oreo filling. It doesn't taste like white chocolate either. It tastes like it tastes pretty close to Oreo filling. No, you're wrong. You're so wrong on this. This is not. Yeah, we can all agree on the strawberry ice cream. But this one, no, these uh, cookies and cream Hershey's Kisses are the best. And I'm an Oreo snob, I gotta say. Okay, but Rachel, I think we've talked about this. What's your favorite Oreo? I like the original Oreo. Okay. I, I don't mind the golden Oreos. Red velvet with cream cheese ice cream Oreos. I've never tried it. Are you serious? 
they bastardized my Oreos. I'm not going to eat it. No, fam. No, listen, I, I understand where you're coming from. I hear your heart. I really do. I do. And I agree with you. But let me tell you, there's something so incredibly good about them. Like, they're next level. I don't think Matt has ever said, I hear your heart to me. And what he used, that what he saved that line for was red velvet Oreos. <laughs> and what, what should that tell you? He values what you value. That's what I'm hearing. So my favorite Oreos are the thin Oreos. Like, I just really do enjoy, like, the classic Oreos, like that flavor. But the thin ones, like, there's just an extra crispness to them that I really enjoy those. I do enjoy those, yes. And I can eat, like... I can eat like six of them and not feel bad. Like I eat three regular Oreos and I'm like, oh man, I I just ate too many Oreos. But I can eat like six of the thin ones, even though it's more calories than three of the big ones. And I just don't feel bad eating them. So exactly. I just eat the thin ones. They bought me the thin Oreos, um, Oreo thins when I uh, was on maternity leave. And we were a great little like, here's my sugar kick. It's really good. And all right. They're delicious. Are you ready for this? All right. The birthday cake ones. I don't have it. Not good. Because in bra. It's not birthday cake. Again, I'm fascinated by the texture. It's like the white chocolate again. It's got like the flavor of birthday cake, but it's way too strong of vanilla. But I do like the little candy bits. That texture in there, it just makes it. The texture of the kiss is wrong. Like, <clears throat> I will say this about the strawberry ice cream one. These are gross. It still has the texture of the kiss. Right. It has a texture of like a, this doesn't, it's like they tried to make birthday cake batter and make a kiss out of it that's exactly what they did and like not chocolate uh no the chocolate texture is bad but i like the candy texture like i I wish that they put that candy in there like i like the little candy crunches but i do have to say i did also make those dog treats uh the dogs do like the birthday cake ones because i got you got to share with your dogs when you're eating something and they're there and they're being all cute oh you don't give your dogs candy no there's no actual chocolate, so it's fine. I don't give my dogs candy. D minus or F for the birthday cakes. Yeah. Did we didn't grade cookies and cream. Oh, cookies and cream. I gave it like a, I don't know. I like them. I'm going to give it maybe a B. Is that an A? Or is that a Deathly Hollows? I can't tell. He's giving it a Delta. It's a D. It's def- definitely an A for the her, uh, cookies and cream. Cookies and cream. I, uh, mm. Listen, I want you. To, I, I need you all to understand how bad the birthday cake one is. Okay, I'll say a C minus on the cookies and cream. I am going to get a strawberry ice cream one and eat it to cleanse the palate of that nasty ass birthday cake. Like that's how bad the birthday cake is. But I have regular and dark chocolate. Yeah, I just used a uh, regular to cleanse my palate from the. Uh... Do you do you want to give those a grade real quick? I mean, I got to give regular like an A because they're like the classic. They're just, they're, they're, they are the Hershey's kiss that I are of my childhood. I I remember back in the day when I could get those ones and then they had the almond ones, which are still my favorite. I'm moving strawberry ice cream up to uh, a, a D plus after the birthday cake debacle. <laughs> He's just realized it wasn't that bad. That birthday cake is real bad. Okay, I give Hershey's Kisses a B minus, the original. The birthday cake Hershey's Kisses are worse than cotton candy grapes. Mm-hmm. Cotton candy crepes? Grapes. What the crap are cotton candy grapes? Hold on, no, no. We need to go back to this concept of cotton candy crepes, because those sound delicious. They do. 
Cotton candy grapes are uh they're like a hybrid that they've uh, GMO'd to taste super sweet. They're super sweet and taste like vanilla. Um, which comes out of beavers' butts. No, it doesn't come out of beavers' butts. <laughs> I know. <laughs> These are grapes. We're not talking like your frappuccinos from Starbucks, which they don't come out of beavers' butts. They synthesize it in the lab now, so it's not the same. What are y'all talking about? Caleb, stop mansplaining. I get it. It wasn't for you, Rebecca. It was for our listeners. It was a joke. I need someone to mansplain it to me. What happened? It's a TikTok. I will send it to you. Have you ever smelled a beaver's butt? No, I'm not going to watch the TikTok you send me, Rachel. Beaver's butts smell delicious because they make this compound that tastes like a mix between vanilla and raspberries. And that flavor has been used as artificial vanilla flavor for like over a hundred years now. And if you don't know what I'm looking up, look up, do beaver's butts smell good? And you'll come across some really good articles that talk about it. You use, I think you're using that word good fast and loose there, Caleb. No, I'm not. Have you never smelled a beaver's butt? Are there videos of people who smell beaver's butts? I've never held a beaver. You need to go to a, a zoo that has beavers and smell their butts. That's what I'm hearing. It's a really strange turn of conversation. The innuendo in this podcast is just off the charts. It really needs to stop. I've never held a beaver. See, and I was thinking, it's like, oh, no, I've definitely smelled a beaver's butt. But I'm thinking the actual beaver. There's a petting zoo here that they have some beavers and you can smell their butts. I feel really sorry for beavers. Like, how many of them have just been manhandled by humans who are like, you know, let me see if your butt smells like vanilla. Well, I mean, the worst thing is that we'd be like extracting that so that we can like make our vanilla ice cream taste better. I really hope that Phil Vischer and the Holy Post have done a news of the butt on this in the past five years. I'm pretty sure they have. I showed everyone my butt this weekend. You did. I mean... I just Google searched Holy Post Beaver Butts and I found a Huff Post article. Is Beaver Butt really used to flavor your dessert? Which, I mean, yes. I just talked about that. This is fine. Uh, I mean, not quite because it's castorium, but. And we synthesize it now. Castorium, we synthesize it. Are we still on the Beaver Butt vanilla thing? A little bit. I'm just searching. I'm just going to search the podcast archives. He's searching for the beaver butts, as you do. Yes, they did. Episode 286 from uh, February 6th, 2018. I was like, I feel like I've heard them talk about it before. Um, and I was right. Please don't put that in the podcast. Okay, I won't. I'll put it in there. How are you going to put it in there, Matt? How does that work? <laughs> That's not how editing works. He's going to be listening to it and just put it in there in his mind. That's correct. Okay, you can you can put it in there in your mind. But the thing that Rebecca said, we're not putting it there. All right, Mr. Imagination, what are we doing? Is this like Willy Wonka? I mean, this is the thing that we've talked about it before, but we've not actually talked about it. Um, so I'm going to tell you the explanation of how I thought of having this conversation, okay? Okay. 
So this is this is story time with Caleb. So as everybody that listens to the podcast knows, I'm single. And so as a single person that doesn't want to be single, I do online dating or whatever. So I have a Bumble, oh. which I think I've mentioned that I have, that it exists. Yes. I'm just intrigued by which direction this conversation is going. Talking about when I catfished him the other day. Really? No. <laughs> but that's a great love story. <laughs> I like that you just said really, and it's like no. <laughs> I love, I love that you know that I might actually do that. And so there's this prompt that says, "What's something I'll never shut up about?" And I said, "How poor anthropology misinforms the human imagination," which is, you know, a thing that we talk about a lot. What? How a poor anthropology misinforms the human imagination. What you think a person is changes what you think about. How you imagine people and things. Wait, where did you write this? On Bumble. On on his Bumble. Is it weird that I want to get a Bumble just so I can go see Caleb's profile? <laughs> I mean, that's not quite how it works. Yes. Oh, this shows how much I know about online dating. And so that's been on there for like the past six months. How's that working for you? It's fine. Uh, but somebody actually asked about it today or this weekend. And they're like, okay, so what do you mean by that? And so, you know, I explained what I meant by that in like a thousand words, because that's how I am. Um, and then I was like, you know, that's something we probably should talk about more formally. So at like two in the morning. And then they stopped messaging you? No, actually, we've had a wonderful conversation. Um, they stopped messaging me when they found out that I'm living with my parents. Um, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that sucks. Are they living with their parents? Because that would be the height of hilarity. It would be the highest priority. I don't know. She hasn't messaged me for like six hours, but not that long. So, oh well, that's a that's a work shift. Yeah, no, no worries. But uh, I think that something that's really important is that what we think a person is changes how we imagine people, and so we see that like in Genesis when people think that women are made to be the servants of men, uh, that changes how we imagine their roles in society. Right? Are we imagining? It affects our imagination, right? Yeah, so he's using the word imagine different than you are. Okay. Maybe we need to define define some terms here so that I can argue um, clearly. Yeah, we need to tell you you're wrong better. Okay, so you know what imagination is, right? Yes, dear. I can imagine all the people. It's how you picture things in your mind. It's why, it's why representation is so important in various places is that you see somebody like you doing something and you imagine, oh, I could do that, right? So you are not talking about like fantastical imagination of uh, like creating. Have you ever met me, Rebecca? Is that the kind of imagination you would think I talk about? Well, one can hope. (laughs) No, that's not at all the kind of imagination that I'm thinking of. Wow, okay. But, okay, so, you know, other examples of this, like, when we're doing archaeology, and we see things from ancient people, we imagine that they were more primitive than us, um, for whatever reason. And so, we see things and think, oh, this was a mistake. Or, oh, this thing was made by aliens. When, like, no, they were people that had minds like you. Hold on, hold on, hold on just a second. Are you here to tell me that it wasn't aliens? Uh, yes. Well, this conversation has to be over. It's where we're people all the way down. 
you know, like ancient people weren't any dumber than we are today. I disagree. They they had the same artistic abilities, the same abilities to think and create. Like they weren't stupid. I don't know, man. Did they did they have computers? Uh kinds of computers, yes. So they were stupid. That's what I'm hearing you say. But Matt, you just think just think about this. Hold on, hold on. You talk about we have computers that is better, but now we get all of this by fossil fuels and are causing global warming as an issue. So are we really the smarter ones doing all of what we're doing now? Yes. Okay. I had to stand by my conservative talking point. Okay. Okay, so you're arguing that how we envision people, I'm going to use the the term because that that's that's a better connotation for me. Would you say that's a clearer term than Caleb's vague imagining? I think so. Wait, wait, hold on. Envisioning is better than imaging? Imagining, yes. But you didn't say, you said imagining. It's the same thing. Nope, those are very different in parlance. I said it's imagination. Life is your creation. Okay, but imagination implies, um, like if you're using your imagination, Uh that implies that you are making something up and you are, like it is... um, it is, it is, it is, it has a creative element or a fictional fantasy element that is, that is implied and assumed in most everyday conversation. I didn't say it was pretend. So we're just trying to, we're trying to help you say this better. You don't have to be mad at us. What I'm saying is that if you use the term imagination, uh-huh. that imply that sends the message of it not being real. Because if you're using your imagination, you are, Playing pretend. Well, I mean, that's what we do most of the time with our thoughts. Envisioning is a kind of imagination. Right, but but when you envision something, that doesn't imply fiction. I mean, it's just as much fiction, though. I think it is. No, the word, the connotation that we have in how we use the language is that envision has much more of like a connotation of a serious or professional element of like vision casting or an academic uh, lilt to it. But the the word imagination has a um, a more simple, this is how I play pretend connotation to it in our culture and the way we use the phrase. Oh, that seems like we use words in a weird way. Well, that is true. I agree that you're using a word in a weird way. It would seem to be like imagination is all of what we're doing inside of our minds that then impact what we do in the world. I mean, that might be the case for the actual word, but again, that's not how it's used. Well, I don't understand how it's used because that's how I imagine imagination is always used. Is that not what people mean? That's because you don't play. Did you ever play pretend as a child, Caleb? No, come on. You know the answer to this question. What do you mean play pretend? Of course I played pretend. Caleb, Caleb played for real. (laughs) Of course I played pretend. Uh, And when you do that, you're using imagination. But you're also using imagination when you think about what career you would want in the future. Yeah, but no one calls it that. But nobody calls it that. Calls it that. Thank you, Barney. What do you mean nobody calls it that? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? If I ask, um, like, if I ask Minerva what she wants to be when she grows up, I don't say, what do you imagine you want to be? 
or like I would say, what do you think you want to do? Or what do you like? I, I would I would never use that. Yeah, like we understand that you there is an imagination aspect to it, uh-huh. but no one says that. Nope. Weird, because people definitely have historically used that language. I think some people have historically used that language. I don't think most people have historically used that language. I mean, that's the language that G.K. Chesterton uses in Orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I, and I, your point is? I'm seeing the problem here. <laughs> Which is Matt that I'm using too old of I'm using old language. I mean, gay used to also mean happy and be used in that context exclusively. Eh, I don't think it was ever used in that context exclusively. Gay? There's definitely some context going back into the 1600s where that's something that's not just happy. Well, that's not common knowledge. As far as the the, the everyday person like who who knows the least bit of you know christmas carols would know that gaily is it's 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 had a dual meaning for a long time uh but it did used to have that other meaning and now that other meaning has completely gone away so you're telling me that the second meaning of imagination has completely gone away where you're thinking about things and it's how you imagine it i don't think we need to say that it's completely gone away but it is not what is used it's a foreign concept. It is a foreign concept. And so if we are like, if I was writing a book and trying to use imagination in that way, in a more um, scholarly way of like looking at the world or how we think about people, um, I would, I would have to clearly define that up front of this is how I'm using this word because to the everyday person, it would not come across like, like that. I mean, maybe. But now we've clearly defined it as it's what you're imagining. Um, that's what imagination is. That only took 30 minutes. And imagining is how you picture things or image them in your mind. Yes, that is true. Which, I don't know, like, to me that seems like, is that not the obvious definition? Like, that's still confusing to me that that wouldn't be what everybody thinks of when they think of imagining. That is the obvious definition, but that is not the connotation that it is used within our language. Right, just because you're saying that you picture them, like the idea is that you picture that person in your imagination, so you are making things up about them. That's literally, yes, exactly. You're making things up about them. But you're making things up about them for a specific reason. Not necessarily. Like, it's, it's, you're making things up about people. Like, we make things up about people all the time. No, no, you you, you are saying that you're making your your presupposition and or your your tenant here is that the the making things up is uh, deliberate and intentional. No, my point is that it changes our unintentional imaginings. What we think about people changes unintentionally how we imagine things happening. So basically you're saying how we imagine things creates bias. Yes. Okay, why don't you just say that? I feel like what I said was clear. It, it, it wasn't. The words we use matter, Caleb. It was, it, you know what? It was, you know what? It was definitely clear. Have you ever seen the Mississippi River as it flows into the Gulf of Mexico? Yeah. That's how clear it was. Right. Clear as mud. Yep. So, so if I say that something misinforms our imagination, that's not the same as saying it makes us think badly? No, you might be saying the same thing, but you're not being as clear with one of them. See, this is, this is helpful for me because I don't do language well. Um, you should probably undo that bumble thing. 
<laughs> no, I think I'm going to leave it. I think I'm going to leave the prompt, leave it exactly as it is. So you're saying that what I believe about people changes how I think about them? Yeah. Okay. What's the next segment? Can you, hold on, can we change your, can we change your Bumble profile to that? What I believe about people <laughs> changes what I think about them. I just think that, like, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I think that it's, um... I don't know, I feel like what I said is perfectly clear, but now I'm finding out that it's not perfectly clear, so... It's not. It's not. It's a perfectly good Bumble tag, and the reason it's a good Bumble tag is, in theory, you want people to ask things about that. Right. Well, that's the idea. It's supposed to be a prompt to, like, engage in conversation. How long has it been there? A couple months. How long? How many times have you had a conversation about it? Uh, twice. Okay, you might need a better prompt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. I'm not, again, I'm not a sex expert, but... I, I also am certainly not. Why would you give me that look? That was a good pun. Sometimes all I can do is react facially, though. So I've discovered something that I think has a perfectly clear meaning because all of the words in there make perfect sense. When you apply them together, it should be clear. Apparently, it's not clear. Because you use like words like imagination and stuff and like, no. Yeah, like I thought imagination is a perfectly normal word. Like we imagine things. We imagine ourselves doing things. In general, it is used in a make-believe play kind of way my dear it's a normal word for prepubescent people to me like the whole picture like which we do have to talk about in this segment we'll put a link you know what picture i'm talking about matt like the people imagining things like as pictures in their minds like everybody talks about like they have this imagination or whatever and it's like that's that's all imagination when you think about something happening somewhere else in the world that's imagination when you read a news story and think about it. But no one but no one calls it imagination. But what else? Like, I don't. What's the other word for it? Because I don't like envision. Mental th- mental picture. See it in your mind. Like, I listen, I'm not, listen, Caleb, Caleb, I need to be very clear here. I am not disagreeing with you that that is imagination. But I'm saying that's not how anyone uses the word. OK, well, this sounds like a dull way to go through life, not imagining things. No, they do, but they don't call it. No, that's how you that's how you go through life. No, no, I don't picture things in my mind. <laughs> right, that sounds like a pretty dull way to live. So again, so again, but then you're saying now you've switched it, you've changed from imagination to picturing things. But it is an imagination. Well, right, it's literally what the word comes from, but I just am bad at picturing things in my mind. Like I can't I can't actually picture them. Right, so you're just, you don't have a good imagination. No, I don't. I have a really shitty imagination. So, imagine this. Your imagination word sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have another word for it. Okay, hold on. So let's let's restate Caleb's statement to be as ambiguous as possible to invite conversation and yet to also convey the meaning more clearly. No, nah, I think we're good. I just delete the prompt entirely and choose a different one. So, nope, nope, you've you've already dr- drug us down this path. And podcast listeners, make sure in the Barely Saved Pairs group, you go ahead and uh, give us some suggestions as well. I think that um, you got to go with, like, the way we think of others is dependent upon how we feel about humanity. Oh, I, I feel like my original language is, like, concise and fully explains it uh it does not 
Yeah, and it's not concise. You use big words like anthropology. Yeah, that was the idea. Because part of it is weeding down a certain kind of person so that they don't ever start a conversation with you. Yeah, but they can be pretty. Oh my gosh, Matt. Gosh. Listen, dumb people are pretty too. Oh my, Matt. What? That's almost as bad as <laughs> statement, Matt. Are y'all saying that dumb people are all ugly? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't want to, you know, potentially start like dating somebody and have to break up with them because when I use big words, it's off-putting because I am an idiot and use big words without thinking about it. That's true. So in, in that case, you are uh... like, I know that that's a personal flaw, but that's a personal flaw that I'm unlikely to be able to change. I don't feel like that's a flaw. I feel like that's a flaw. Oh, it's definitely a flaw for Caleb. Yeah. The way he does it, it's a flaw. Yeah. All right. Because he doesn't have an ability to use big words. He has an inability to say simple things. Okay, that's fair. I use big words and think I'm being simple and obvious. And that's clearly what I mean. Uh, Clearly. And then I find out, oh, no, you were super vague. And I'm like, what? And then it takes 20 minutes. And you're just like, okay, let's define all the terms. And now re-say it. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what you meant. I'm like, not a good thing. that's That's not a good life skill. But also unlikely to change. It's fair. Are you ready? For what? Oh no. I love that Gus barked right at the exact moment. Not okay with that, apparently. <laughs> I think we have our new uh, transition music to the tweet of the week. <laughs> Gus, shh. He did not like that. Oh man, see now I don't know what to to put. There were some good ones this week. There were, but we haven't talked about the whole Jim Baker thing, but also that's like a year old. Yeah, the Jim Baker one. Look, Carly Carly uh, gave us a good shout out on the uh the podcast on the the Twitters. She pointed us to the how can you go to church and pray when you're wearing a mask? Do you think God can hear your prayers through a mask? This is not the tweet of the week cuz it happened last year. The tweet happened this week. But the original statement was made last year. Wait, so the argument is that God can't hear your prayers if you're praying through a mask? Correct. We're not talking about this one, though. We're going to have to keep moving. That one's Hold just one on. that we... <laughs> we gotta. There's other ones. There's there's more. <laughs> you, gotta, you just got to leave it. God can't hear your prayers if you're praying through a mask. It's just it's science. It's Jim Baker science. Um, Tracy Rhodes tweeted, Church, we don't have to fight to be relevant. That one was really powerful. I think we we could do a whole segment on that one. Um, there's the uh, we should talk about relevance. There's oh, that's a good one. The Matt Walsh tweet: Australia is experiencing no. an average of four COVID deaths per day. Four. I can't I in can't the handle. whole country. They have essentially gone under martial law and suspended nearly all basic human rights and freedoms for fear of four deaths per day in a country of twenty five million. I did tweet at Matt Wall, or I quote tweeted that one and said, can you imagine a country caring that much about lives potentially lost? We also got one from one Daniel I. Morrison. Don't know who that is. For those confused regarding the matter, the hashtag biblical text of Isaiah 6 is not related to imperial military activity. Didn't know that. It's a good call. And then I don't want to talk about this one either, but it's from Dan Rather. I thought it was a really good tweet by Dan Rather. What the world is seeing now in Afghanistan is what the world chose to ignore for far too long. War is hell. It's always been, and it always will be. Its currency is death, 
dismemberment, desperation, and fear. It doesn't end in parades. It ends in caskets. It's a great tweet. However, because I love you guys, and we have like a theme on this podcast talking about bad biblical exegesis, I submit this as this week's Tweet of the Week. That's about it. Christ. That's right. But I've kind of turned away from news. I don't want to listen to it. I want to listen to what God's saying, what he's fixing to do. That's all I'm concerned about. I think it is time where God is separating the sheep from the goats. You know, what are you? I am a, a <laughs> I'm a goat because I ain't a sheep. I'm not doing what they tell me to do. Hmm. I'm fighting against it. That's about it. <laughs> Did you get to the end, Rachel? <laughs> you guys are laughing. I can't freaking hear. Oh my. What okay, so Rachel, what did you just hear in your in your malaise? So what I just heard was that somebody did not actually read the text of the sheep and the goats. And okay, so here's here's the thing. <laughs> Go ahead. I love I love a good here's the thing. There's a, a tweet or something or a Facebook post somewhere that went around last year that said like sheep is an interesting insult for Christians to use. Mm-hmm. And then it was like insults are an interesting thing for Christians to use because you know we're Christians. Um and and this just kind of feeds into that that we've made this insult of like being a sheep, like people calling people sheeples. That I mean, what is the is the ESV gonna change its translation to the sheep and the goats and switch places now because they want sheep to be the bad guys? No, because because the ESV has locked in their translation and they're not changing it ever. ESV is done. No more updates. Okay. Really? Yeah. Oh, all right. This That's goes what to show said. how much I follow ESV news. But it and it's things like okay, I, I shouldn't say this. I should, it's things like this that concern me for the biblical literacy of the church. And, and it's things like this. This doesn't concern me for biblical literacy of the church. This concerns me for biblical literacy of Trump supporters. Okay. But it's also this kind of thing that is, that is uh, continuing to send younger deconstructionists running for the hills. Um, because of this kind of anybody who has ever read that story would be like, mm, hard pass, big old nope. I want to be a sheep. I like sheep. I also like goats, but I, you know, I mean, goats are cool. Like they, do, goats are mountain climbers. Like you think like you wouldn't imagine like a goat, like climbing a mountain or being up in a tree, but like. Sometimes you just find a goat up in a tree or on the side of a mountain and you just be like, oh, hi, goat. You're on a mountain. That's weird. So goats are super cool. I like goats. Uh, They taste delicious, but I want to be a sheep because I don't want to uh, be damned to eternal punishment. I think we should also real quick read the actual tweet that we haven't read yet. And it's, uh, it's it's actually what makes this almost my more favorite. Can we please get a podcast Bible study with this lady, Sheep and the Goats lady, and the, quote, make your calling and election sure lady from Texas? Oh. That one was pretty bad, too. We had, th- th- That's one of the reasons I picked this one, because we already talked about that lady. 
and now we got this one. Ah. And it's it's super unfortunate that they're both women because I'm pretty sure that men are just as bad, if not worse. Oh, but the two sure. examples we've had in the past month have been it just it 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 smacks so much of how much in our uh how much in the in America we have weaponized scripture for our own agenda and issues instead of like understanding the context that is being talked about like yeah it just it's like i mean it's, it goes it's it's just as bad as biden's here i am send me use of isaiah it's just as bad as um as vice president mike pence saying you know exchanging you know jesus for old glory and the land of our heroes like it's 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 not uh national leaders doing it from a stage but it it just demonstrates how ingrained it is in american culture to use to, to weaponize scripture without understanding it. Well, and I think it's just interesting that like the whole pew, 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 the whole line of I'm not a sheep has been so ingrained that somebody would just say, yeah, no, I'm not a sheep. No matter, no matter where the sheep are, we're separating the sheep and the goats and I'm not a sheep. <laughs> it's become so ingrained. This l- phrase of I'm not a sheep or I don't want to be a sheep that, people have missed that maybe a sheep means a different thing in a different place because sometimes you don't want to be a sheep, but sometimes you want to be a sheep and follow the good shepherd. The whole, yeah. The whole point of the analogy is good sheep follow their shepherd. I mean, I always want to be a sheep. When do I not want to be a sheep? Want to be a sheep. Uh, on, on the day that you're heading to the temple. Oh yeah, that's fair. But Jesus was a sheep. And since Jesus was a sheep, I want to be a sheep. Okay, you know what? You Okay, good point. I can be a duck. Good point. I mean, ducks are also slaughtered at the temple, so go for it. Yeah, so are goats, so like, it doesn't really matter what animal you are, you're going to die. I was quoting Bones. Nobody else got that reference, but that's fine. I'm sorry. Was it a good one? It is, because it's from the very first episode. I don't I don't be watching Bones, so. Oh, it's such a good show. Oh, it's from the first episode? My mom loves that show. Caleb, you have to keep that in, because my mom loves that show. I can keep it in and just say I'm really confused by it. She might get it. I think she likes bones. In the very begin, in the very first episode, when Seely Booth doesn't want to work with Temperance Brennan, and um, he says, "I want to put your oh it, well, it's not from the very first episode. It's from the episode that's the flashback to their very first case they worked together, and she really wants to go out of the field, and he says." no, you can't do that. You gotta, I gotta keep my ducks in a row and do that. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I can be a duck and follows after him. It's a very good show. So speaking of things that can be sacrificed. Oh my. This actually couldn't be sacrificed, but it is kosher. <clears throat> I quote from E.P. Sanders book, Judaism page 352. I really wish it was 394. Yeah, I'm sorry. The laws governing what foods may be eaten are so explicit in the Bible that they were subject to only the most minor modifications. When Jews came across animals or birds that the biblical classifiers had not discussed, they examined them and established whether or not they were suitable for food. Thus, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible explicitly mentions and allows the buffalo, that is the water buffalo of Egypt, and the giraffe. Everybody's got a water buffalo. No, no. You can eat a giraffe. Yes. Yeah, I, I got you. It's in the text. 
Yeah. Again, Matt, like, just think about what a giraffe is. I mean, it's a quadruped with a cloven hoof that it chews the cud. Like, of course you can eat it, but you can't eat an elephant. That would be a lot of meat. Not that much more than a horse. I think it would be a little bit more than a horse. Think about the the giraffe legs. Yeah, but they're kind of skinny. I mean, just the drumstick would be... <laughs> can you imagine carrying around a, a giraffe stick or a giraffe leg at the... At the... At the county fair? Like, a giraffe isn't that big compared to, like, a cow or a water buffalo. What? He's not not wrong, though. Their bodies are pretty tiny. They're, like, very tall, but, like, mass-wise, they're not that much bigger. They're, like, about a ton. That's the same as a big bull. I'm I'm with you, Rebecca, but also he's right. What is it? He's he's out of line, but he's right. I... I... I am not here for it. Like, let's Google how much does a giraffe weigh. Let's, let's Google it. So, a male giraffe, twenty six hundred to three thousand pounds. Um, a female giraffe, fifteen hundred to eighteen hundred pounds. So less than a ton. And a water buffalo is about two thousand pounds. So, again, it's about the same size. So makes sense. I'd be, I'd eat one. Wouldn't think that much about it. I mean, I might try it, but it's not something that I would like. I wouldn't even feel worse than when I eat a pig. So, I mean, being willing to eat it and like thinking that it's just an odd thing to eat or like think through that are two different things. Would it be a leaner red meat? I would imagine so. Like they seem pretty lean. Like I, I don't I don't know. I would guess probably close to a horse. I would not eat a horse. Nay. But you think they're going to be leaner than a horse? Uh, I think he just wanted to say nay. What's our news story this week? Oh, it's a hodgepodge news story. Hold on. Where's my link at? I've opened up too many things now. All right. So Afghanistan, we talked about it two weeks ago. Um, It's an ongoing situation. So the first thing... Nope, not anymore. The last military plane just left. Yeah, I mean, you're right. But it's still an ongoing situation. I'm going to stand by that, even though we've evacuated, whatever. Um, I think, first off, everybody should listen to This American Life from this week. Uh, first 20 minutes or so. Um, it's about a Canadian citizen getting out of Afghanistan. Um, Monday of last week. And so you should listen to it. Mm. What people were going through, who had all of the paperwork and stuff to get out, the difficulty of getting to people, all of that. Um, it's a Canadian guy, but you can hear a phone call talking to the whole thing as it happens, as he's trying to get out. So you should listen to that. Um, and then secondly... Uh, 13 Americans were killed, um, in Afghanistan, leaving. We all, by the time you're listening to this, if you haven't heard that news story, I'd be shocked. Um, 13 dead U.S. soldiers and 18 injured U.S. soldiers, um, caused by an ISIS-K attack in Kabul. So... The U.S., being the U.S., 
having drones everywhere, we got back at them. Mm -hmm. Did a drone strike. Killed 10 civilians, including children. So, that's it. Well, that's not good. They killed 13 of our military that go over there, knowingly put their lives on the line, sign up to potentially die. And in the process of getting back at them, we killed 10 people, including a two-year-old little girl. That's it. That's that's what America does. And we have people telling Biden that he should resign because 13 people died while 900 people a day are dying in Florida from COVID because people won't wear masks and get vaccinated. And there's oxygen shortages here at my local hospitals in North Carolina. We don't have oxygen because we're having to give so much to the hospitals further south because we're pro-life. But we go and we kill 10 civilians and we let hundreds of people die in our hospitals because they can't get the medical care that we need because we need masks. That's America. And I am, frankly, tired of it. Like, I understand we care about a military. It's a tragedy. Those American soldiers shouldn't have died. But don't tell me that you give a damn about those American soldiers if you don't also care about civilians dying in Afghanistan that didn't have a thing to do with it. Yeah. Ours were combatants over there, even if they weren't at trying to be in combat at the time. Don't tell me that it's fine when ambulances are taking over two hours to respond to calls and people are dying of heart attacks that could have been saved if there weren't waits at hospitals. Like, that's ridiculous. Because American freedoms are killing thousands of people right now. And I'm tired of hearing people say, oh, well, the hospital shortages, nobody's responsible for those deaths. Be no, every damn person that won't wear a mask or get a vaccine is responsible for every one of those deaths. And it's the fault, at least in part, of the government for not mandating it. You know, someone said on, on the Facebooks or something, or I don't know, I just saw it. <clears throat> it's like, what level of violence are you willing to commit to get everyone to wear a mask, right? Because the the way the state wields its power is through violence, Yep. right? Everyone agree. So you don't pay your taxes, there's violence, you, you go to jail. But I also think that you can mandate vaccines without violence. You can just say, hey, vaccines are mandatory. Yep. And like, because people are dumb, <laughs> there doesn't even have to be a punishment. Mm -hmm. It's just the fact that they're mandatory, people do it. Yep. And it seems like that's not even that hard. Pfizer vaccine is fully approved. Not experimental. Not in it. Yeah. I mean, Pfizer is not as effective against the Delta variant which is well above the threshold that we said we would need for vaccines um, and is well above the threshold that's needed to reduce the R naught to below one. Heck at this point, I'd be uh, happy with an R naught of one. Yeah. Um, and R naught is the rate of transmissibility. So an R naught being each person that's infected with the virus. So if the R naught is one, each person that gets the virus will give it to one person. An R naught higher than one has exponential growth. So if it's a two, each person that gets it gives it to two people. When it's less than one, it becomes a depreciating virus. So the goal with any pandemic is to reduce the R naught to below one, so that way the disease dies out. And when people choose not to get vaccinated, when they choose not to do that, 
they aren't just killing the people that they're not just not making it safe for themselves. They're making it not safe for everybody else too. Uh, because if they end up in the hospital, that's a bed that's not available for somebody else. And if there's not beds available for somebody else, it means ambulance drivers sometimes have to sit at the hospital for three or four hours before they can go respond to a call. Yeah, I mean, there was a story on in the hill of a guy, a veteran, I don't remember where he was, but he died because there wasn't a bed for him. Yeah. I mean, even just even just things like if you I mean, there was a post, there was a comment made on one of our groups that a guy spent five hours in the emergency room with a dislocated elbow and couldn't get it. It almost like they almost would have had to do surgery to relocate the elbow because it had been out for so long. There was too much swelling. I mean, it's like things that should not that would not be um, big medical bills or big. I mean. An ER visit in general is a big medical, bill, but things that would be a more simple procedure or issue are uh, are, are becoming more of a problem um, because we don't have the bandwidth. Like our, our our little local hospital has a total of. I've been in touch with one of our one of the um, gals who works for it, um, and. We have very, very limited um, ICU and CCU beds. And like her clinic should have had 10, 10 people in the office today. They had three and a half because of either people being sick or um, yeah, they have six ICU beds in our hospital that are consistently full and they have 12 med surgical beds. There are 18 beds total in our hospital. Yeah, your hospital's tiny. Yes. And that doesn't count the labor and delivery, but you can't put COVID patients in labor and delivery. Right. Yet. Well, they, they have in some hospitals around here, and they've just said all of that's got to go to other hospitals. And so I, I want to go back to the whole Afghanistan thing. 13 people died. American citizens died. And 18 were injured. And we should care about those lives. And that's important. And there's all of the services and things that, you know, they died in service. And so they're doing all of the military things and they should do that. And the president should care about those things. And we should care about those things. But don't tell me you care about those lives and are okay with killing thousands of your own people just because you don't want to wear a mask. Because that's ultimately what's happening. Yep. We can care about both and we should care about both. But I'm tired of people who only care about one kind of person acting like they have the moral high ground and being stupid, calling for Biden's resignation because 13 people died. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I just wish that there was this the importance of consistency in our ethic and in our, I mean, a lot. So, I mean, integrity is essentially ethics, consistent ethics, right? That's how that would be the definition of integrity is consistency in your ethics. And that's just not something that we see within, within the conservative Christian to a large degree. And to be fair, we don't see that necessarily inside of liberal politics either. Right. Yeah. But to Rachel's point, you know, she said this earlier, the reason so many people are deconstructing has less to do with, the biblical text and more to do with the people around them. 
Yes. Right. People are leaving the faith because they're seeing the leaders who they thought stood for something, recognizing that there is no way that's what they stood for. Right. Because they've switched their position. The same leaders who said that morality matters when Bill Clinton was getting a blowjob in the Oval Office, all of a sudden denied that when Trump said, I'm going to grab him by the pussy. Like, you can't have it both ways. It either has to matter or it doesn't. And you can't you can't make it matter. You can't make how much it matters contingent on if they were in office at the time or not. Or or what level of well, but because what the contingent is, is whether I'm in power or not. Right. And that is the reason. I mean, my I I remember that I was 11 years old, uh, 10 or 11 years old with uh, the Monica Lewinsky scandal. And so, yeah, of course, I remember like those things happening. And then to see. So our generation is the generation that grew up seeing a massive shift in the understanding, at least at least my parents and Generation X, like they at least had consistency for the most part in their developing years. Whereas for us, you know, as I approach 35, heaven forbid, um, I just want to like go backwards at this point. Um, like there's something about the blatant hypocrisy of the people that we thought were leaders. Right. But what I was saying is that it's it's not like the political left is any better. Right. No, but but hold on. Hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish what I was saying. And then you guys interrupted and then you can come back, Rachel. Uh, so you said that it's on the political right, but the political left is just as hip- hip- hypocritical. And so the solution here is not to leave conservatism and go to the political left. That can't be the solution because they they cared about kids in cages until they were in power. And then we care nothing about what's happening in Afghanistan from the left. Like the outrage isn't there the same way it was. And so the solution to the political rights craziness needs to not be the political left's opposite craziness. Right. Nobody said that we... No, you didn't say that. You didn't say that. I wasn't contradicting you. I was simply trying to say that the other isn't a solution. Caleb's just trying to both sides this argument. But the point that I'm making is more from the Christian perspective. And we've talked about this from the standpoint of the reason why we speak more harshly to the Republican right or to the Christian right or whatever phrase you want to use is because those are our brothers and sisters in, in, in faith. Um, For the most part, I would say that, and this is just my own little personal sphere of influence bubble that I see um, the, 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 the Christians that I know who are more on the left do have that more consistent um, response. The Christians that I know on the left do have that more, do have that more um, res- like a consistent response to, to life being lost. And so the reason why we speak more strongly to, and maybe this is just good to reiterate all the time, like multiple times, because then it just sounds like we're, otherwise it sounds like we're just picking on Republicans and that we hate people on the right. And that's not the, that's not it at all. It's that these are the people that are saying, our party is the, is God's party. We have the biblical ethic. We are following the Bible. We are X, Y, and Z. And so we speak more strongly against that because, because that is the main message and uh, one of the bigger problems within the rhetoric of the church right now. Mm-hmm. I wasn't disagreeing with you, Rebecca. I was just saying that you hadn't drawn a conclusion yet. And I was simply trying to say this other thing isn't the solution. And to be fair, like when you talk about kids in cages, I just want to throw this out there because I've been pretty vocal about this to a certain extent. I never had a problem with kids in cages. No, I didn't have a problem with kids in cages. 
undocumented kids who come over, they need a place to stay. We're going to put them in something, especially when they flood over, right? I mean, I did have an issue with arguing that they didn't need their own toothbrushes and soap in court. But that but that was not a kids in cages issue. No. That was a family separation issue. Well, I mean, there was also the additional blankets and soap condition, which I was pretty pissed at. Sure, but if but if if you don't have family separation, you have enough to give soap. Oh no, we had enough. We just weren't. We just we just weren't. Well, that's a bunch of jerk moves. But yeah, like I don't have a problem with detention facilities, in which case, in, in which unaccompanied minors are originally processed at the border. So my, my problem was never with kids in cages because people like to come back with that all the time at me. And that's not ever that was never my problem. My problem was family separation mm-hmm. because that was the actual Trump policy that changed. And that was what I perceived to be the bigger problem. Now, I say that specifically because t- typically... I exist on the left of the American spectrum and Mm -hmm. am a Christian, but that doesn't mean that I am on the left like Caleb mentions. Likewise, there are plenty of people who are on the right who have a consistent ethic. And I will speak specifically to David French, right? We all love David French. I disagree with David French on multiple points, but I, I appreciate his consistent ethic. It's not an ethic of power. And that's, I think, the difference is so many people on the Christian right, specifically, have an ethic of power as opposed to whatever they're saying they have an ethic of. Well, and the same thing happens on the political left. Yes. I wouldn't say the Christian left as much. Well, that's because there isn't that much of a Christian left. Correct. All right. So do we have something lighthearted that was the news? Uh, I tasted another one of these strawberry ice cream cone things because they're sitting here in front of me and they are still just as gross. Did not grow on me at all. Will not be eating them. Might melt them down and see if I can blend them into something, but probably not. Probably just gonna save them as dog treats. Are they safe to use as dog treats? Let me read this first. I have read the ingredients list. There's nothing on here that would say that they're unsafe for dog treats. So if you want some very expensive dog treats, get strawberry ice cream cone Hershey's Kisses because I'm pretty sure that's what all of mine are going to be. Thanks for listening to the Barely Saved Podcast. Make sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app. You can find more episodes, links, and show notes and merch at barelysavedpodcast.com. So in other news, I just overflowed the bottle of milk I was pumping all over my leg. That's skill. That's, well, yeah, that's not uncommon for me, unfortunately. You're just being productive is what we're hearing. I'm being overproductive is the problem.